Welcome. This is Struggles to Strengths, and I'm your host, Chad Duff. This is the podcast about learning through your struggles and failures, figuring out how to take the difficulties in your life, the lessons learned, and then how do you move forward. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 20 of the podcast. So glad that you could be here. And for kind of a milestone number for me, 20 in the books, I'm bringing on a milestone guest, bringing back my daughter, Mackenzie, again. And you're going to really enjoy the conversation with here shortly. So stay tuned for that. How did I get to talk to Mackenzie this week? Well, it actually happened kind of oddly by accident. So earlier this week, I was at work. Uh, I had my my sales team and my colleagues in uh, for a, for a meeting, and we were actually at a baseball game in Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Indians a minor league baseball game. And I looked down at my phone, and a message came through on Facebook Messenger. And I don't get very many messages there, so I so I clicked in on it. And I used to volunteer with a group of mentally and physically handicapped young people, and. A few of them I have on Facebook and this particular person who who I'm friends with on Facebook, she probably has the mentality of, say, a six or seven year old. You know, she has the ability to read and write. The sentences are very elementary. They, They may post. I love vacation, going to the beach, something like that. It's, you know, and, and they love to interact on Facebook. And so I click in to my messenger and the the next thing you know, I've, I've got a message on there that's popping up and it says died in an accident and there's a link and my heart stopped because I thought, oh my gosh, did their mom die? Did a family member die? What happened? Because the language looked like something they would write. Without even thinking, I just clicked directly into it. And that took me to a page that kind of looked like maybe a media page. And I'm like, well, there's something else I need to click there. And I tried to click one more thing. I'm in the middle of this ball game. And then I clicked out of it and didn't really think anything more about it. Went to bed that night, wake up the next morning, and I've got six messages on my phone, text messages and Facebook Messenger with people saying, oh, Duffer, please tell me you didn't die. Please tell me you weren't in an accident. Please tell me you're okay. Well, it was a it was a fishing trap that that the that the mentally uh, handicapped girl sent out by accident, and she sent a retraction later. Before I was too late, I had already clicked on it, and so that clicked everybody in my phone. It sent out to everybody, and then I spent the entire day having to answer direct messages and and soothing people to let them know that I was okay. And the first thing that came to my mind was this is ridiculous. Like how, what a jerk that someone was to create something like this, that, that tricked my friend and then in turn tricked me and then in turn hurt people that I'm friends with people that I love. They were scared about it. And they're like, I'm so glad to hear that this didn't actually happen, but I was really frightened by the whole idea of it. And and that got me thinking even more like, it's just kind of incredible how much we use social media. And I know some of my friends, Oh, I don't look at it very often, but the fact of the matter is it's become the fabric of our life. It truly has. And that's good, bad, or indifferent. If you're, if you're my age and you're mid forties, 
you remember a time without it. If you're Mackenzie's age, it's been a part of your life, your entire life. And so I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation with her about it. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So here goes my conversation with Mackenzie. So Mackenzie, when I say to you, social media, like what, what comes to mind for you? So I definitely think, you know, I am 16 at the moment. And so social media is something that plays a really big role in my life. It's a way that I connect with people around me and a way that I interact with my community and a way that I feel like I can really make a difference and impact both my life and the lives of those around me. Um, I think I grew up with social media and my generation specifically grew up around the internet, which gives us a really interesting and really revolutionary perspective on the internet and social media. Um, so I've been through a few phases of social media. When I was when I was young, there was a lot of a lot of fear mongering. A lot of social media is going to ruin your life. Wait as late as possible. Never go on the apps. Everything should be private. Um, you you know all of your information is gonna get stolen, and you're gonna end up with nothing, and somebody's gonna stalk you and come and kill your family. Um, and. So we were all terrified to use the internet. Yep. Um, and then it sort of hit me a couple of years ago. Like, if I Google my name, I will find pictures of myself and I will find pictures of you and, and voter registration and all of that information. Because no matter how much you try to hide yourself, you're still going to have an internet presence if you're someone that's out there making a difference, making an impact in the world. And so I guess I put my account public. I have a business account so I can monitor all of my all of my activity and I know who is following me and I can control that stream. But really what you put out onto the internet and what you consume from the internet at this point in in our day and age is an inevitable fact and it's just sort of controlling how that stream impacts you because that can have a positive impact or it can be a really negative detrimental terrifying experience that that sort of we were the narrative that we were given as we were young yeah I think it's such an interesting piece of the puzzle right because I'm 29 years older basically 30 years older than you right so when I was a kid no one had a cell phone the internet was was not even a thing yet but to your point it is part of your life that it, it's the fabric of of what you do can you talk about a time though when social media got the best of you or or a moment or an era where where social media could have like a detrimental impact yeah i mean i think my story isn't quite the traditional like oh social media is fake and i didn't realize that it was fake because my generation knows everything is edited everything is face tuned um Mine was sort of at the beginning of quarantine where I sort of just fell into a side of the internet revolving around um, over-exercise and diet culture that just sort of put me in a really dark place with my body image. And I know that this is something that a lot of girls experienced, and I know people that have developed eating and exercise disorders based off of this specific era of the internet. And 
that was just something that I was consuming so regularly and it took me a really long time to recognize how destructive it was to my mental health and how, you know, pulling away from that and gearing myself towards um, different sides of the internet that are going to generate communities that I can uplift myself with. What was the, what was the pull in what you were looking at? What was there? Like what was so, for, for lack of a better word, attractive about, you know, what you got caught up in? Yeah, I think it was the fact that it all seemed so attainable. It was, here are concrete steps to make your life better. Here are workouts and diets, and this is what I eat in a day, and you can do this too. It was, this is how I turned my life around, and this is the drastic shift that I made. And it wasn't ambiguous. It wasn't a, oh, well, everything is going to be fine the way you are, or everything is beautiful. It was concrete steps for how I felt that I could make my life better, but it ended up turning into a restructuring of my priorities and reframing them in a really negative light. It helped me me understand that more. I hope our listeners understand that. Um, I think that focusing on my image and focusing on how I present myself to the outside world as opposed to focusing on the internal and developing a strong, confident sense of self and then projecting my own internal confidence externally as opposed to trying to find the external and then use that as a focus point for the internal. So so how did you get yourself away from that? Um, I think there was a level of, I would look at my friend's for you pages on TikTok or Instagram discover feeds and recognize that it doesn't have to be like this, that not everyone's feed looks the same because social media feeds are so tailored to our individual and that, and then I just sort of made a conscious effort to engage with things like, you know, book recommendations and stupid Marvel content that I eat up and love Mm -hmm. and just really being conscious with how I manipulate the algorithm. It's interesting because I think not, I can't speak for everyone, right? But people from my generation, people who didn't have the social media in their childhood, but it's a, it's a reality for everybody now. Like Almost everyone I know, I guess you can't speak for everybody, but nearly everybody that I know, they have Facebook or they have Twitter or they have Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or insert whatever is the hot new thing here and they're using it. And so people can't say like it's not in in your life because you're right. I think it's woven in the fabric of what we do now. But how do you how do you keep it like part of your reality but not become your total reality um i think the first step is recognizing the inevitability of it and then also recognizing and taking a really hard look at what role do you want social media to have in your life um and 
taking a look at how you can find communities and different your different little corners of the internet that really help build you up and you know set those screen time limits in the sense of you can't let it consume you and that's so that's so cliche and so much easier said than done especially coming off of covid in which we spent so many years confined in our homes with the internet as our really our only news source our only way to see the world around us but i think it's making that transition to balancing what you can see around you versus what you can consume from your connections online i i talk all the time on the podcast about how i can only speak for myself i can't speak for everyone i can only speak for myself i do think though you can speak in in generalities and you can you can observe what's happening with other people so my ask here is for you not to represent every high school age kid on the planet but your observation just from your friends and people that you know how do you think people are dealing with social media and and this world kind of overall i think that we're having to deal with social media as a generation relying on each other because the way that these platforms work is that they isolate you and they put you in your different box or different community. So the Instagram that I'm consuming is not the Instagram that you or grandma, those are three very different apps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that we are having to learn how to navigate the internet on our own because we're getting the same internet lessons of don't read fake news. We know how to identify fake news because we've been growing up consuming news. We don't need to, you know, we don't need to be slapped on the wrist for even opening the app. We need to learn how to navigate and generate positivity through them. So I think that we're sort of just relying on each other. And um, I think that we spread content amongst ourselves in the sense of like we repost each other's posts and we try to share positive content and really even try to generate a sense of activism. And I think that that's really what is helping us as a generation navigate those platforms. I, I think one of the things that's frustrating for me as a former professional broadcaster, someone who it was my job to report the news, and I had an interesting experience, and, and now this is over 20 years ago, right? During the presidential election of Al Gore and George W. Bush, when Gore was in town, the Democratic nominee for president and I would cover him and report on him people would call the radio station and say because it's because my old radio station had a lot of conservative talk show people on it right like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity a lot of the conservative people and so a lot of conservatives listen to that and when I would report on Al Gore I would really work hard just to report the facts of the story and when I would report it 
people who were fans of the station didn't like Al Gore. And so they would say, oh my gosh, that Chad Dove, he is so liberal. He is so biased. And then when I would report on President Bush's information, and again, just report the facts of what he was saying, those same people would call in and be like, that Chad Duff is the best reporter that I've ever heard in my entire life because it was confirmation bias mm-hmm. that they were looking for. That was over 20 years ago. We are so polarized now. And that word fake news, I think, has gotten over, in my opinion, has has become overused because it's very, there's a difference between fake news and one side of a story. I don't think, I think it's harder than ever to get kind of both sides of a story unless you really want to go in and look to get the information. You have to be, in my opinion, you have to be proactive about that to make that happen. How do you stay proactive to try and not get just in your little corner and and be able to have your beliefs, but be able to get knowledge around the whole story? I mean, to a certain level, it it is constant education. It is taking the time that if you are going to speak on a topic, if you are going to like really develop an opinion on a topic, then develop an educated opinion. Because I think that that is definitely one of the issues that we struggle with as, as a community. Mm-hmm. Everyone gives all of their hot takes and not all of them are educated and not all of them really look at the situation itself and look at the circumstances. Um, so I think it is, it is monotonous and it is, can be exhausting, but I think that if you really want to engage in that discourse, you need to have that level of baseline information And with there being so many corners of the internet, that means that you can look in any of them Mm -hmm. Um, and to not let yourself get trapped. Yeah. Trapped how? Um, Just trapped into your algorithm, trapped into your point of view, trapped into your biases, constantly challenging those. Yeah. It's, It's such good advice because it's not about like, that you have to have your mind changed. It's just knowing the complete story. And it is sad to me that, that that is, I think really has become a lost art. As a matter of fact, the, the military often now get their news from the BBC, right? When it comes to more global type things, because there's not the, you know, us versus them mentality that has happened in, in, in what we're dealing with here. So how do you, when you get, you have a, you have a busy life, you, you, you know, you go to a, you know, you're, you're, you have desires to go off to college and you did a writing, um, seminar this summer that you got college credit for going into your junior year of high school. That's just a proud dad moment for me, but life moves fast social media is a part of that. How do you not let social media swallow you when you have so many other things to do? I think that that's a level of boundary setting. That's a level of um, knowing when to, when to put it down and when to walk away and sort of 
experimenting with yourself and being patient and learning what you need and what you want out of social media. And I think that the internet is a really amazing place and it is also a really terrifying place. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a double-edged sword. Like, oh, there's all of this information out there. There's all of this knowledge to be consumed, but yet everyone gets backed into their own points of view and ends up just reinforcing their own biases. So I think it's I think it's just sort of looking at it in that broader sense and looking at it as how can I how can I really see the world and you know asking the big questions like is this a productive is this a productive experience right now and then being able to put it down and back away when it becomes when it becomes overwhelming. What's your as a as a young woman, as a strong young woman, what's your biggest frustration with opinions or perception of people my age or or your grandmother's age when it comes to social media and your generation? I think that I think that we are all we are all learning how to work in this online centric world um i think that young people grew up around it young people know it um older people have the experience of of coming into it um and i think those are both really valuable experiences but i think that there's a level of conflict across generations um and I think there's there's so much judgment cast on to everyone. And I think that to some level, we are all addicted. We are all victims to the algorithms and to these large websites. Um, so it frustrates me when elder people have the complex of, oh, you guys, it's because of your phone. It's because of your addiction to your phone. And there's no introspection and no owning of the fact that this is not a young people issue. This is a people issue and a global issue. And young people are, you know, victims to social media and so are elderly people. And I think that there's a level of um, dissonance that could be worked into union and we could really develop a more productive internet culture if we were able to really work together. But I'm, I'm not seeing that happening and that frustrates me. Yeah. I just think it's such a, those are just such good points. Any, any final thoughts as we're wrapping things up? No, I, I don't think so. I think this is, this is a really great conversation to be having. And I think that, um, it will become even more and more relevant as we work into the world of new digital law and working into a increasingly online world. I'll fully admit I'm a biased dad, but I am just always blown away about having conversations with Mackenzie like those. And I hope you really got something out of that. I, I thought that she had really interesting perspective from her own age and what and what her peer group deal with but i thought she had uh, 
just some excellent takeaways, irregardless of your age, of, of when it comes to Facebook or Twitter or all the things that we talked about inside the interview. And each week we give you two takeaways from the interview. And this week, I think Mackenzie had a lot of wisdom and a lot of things. But the two takeaways that I got this week is, is one, when she said, don't let your focus on the external distract from doing the real work of focusing on the internal. And you know, I just thought she had put that so beautifully that a lot of times Facebook and we talk about and you've heard me talk about many times about social media strong and how that can be such a fake thing. Right. And people focus on posting the right picture, looking the right way. And Mackenzie got trapped in that a bit. But she realized that focusing on the internal was the key to really, you know, doing the good work. And then I thought the, the second thing that she said, and this for me was the most poignant thing that she said, is that these apps work to put you in a box. Do not get trapped in your algorithm and the biases. I just, I, I thought she hit the nail on the head. It is, it is just so easy to be in an echo chamber, and that's what I was trying to talk about. I mean, social media has a lot of power, um, but it can get you in a box. And so I would ask myself, and I would ask you, and I would ask everybody, and I think Mackenzie summed it up so well at the end. Don't let that happen to you. Don't get put in a box. Make sure that you're taking in the entire picture and, and shining a light kind of in every direction as so not to be manipulated or just made to think a certain way because you know, you're being twisted. So my thanks again to my daughter Mackenzie for being my guest. And as we ask always, if you like what we're doing around here, continue to share this with your friends. Pass it on on your social media. We believe in that. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Rate us there. Give us a review. We really appreciate all the support. And until next time, be well.